Rock the Ripple. Rock the Ripple. The Rock the Ripple Podcast with Narita McInnes. Let's do this. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Rock the Ripple podcast. I'm your host, Narita McInnes. It is so awesome to be here with you as always. And today is another very exciting day because I am joined by a very special guest. She is a global citizen and survivor of satanic ritual abuse, torture and trafficking, who went on to do her own healing work and train in trauma and recovery to help other survivors and those trapped in the cycle of violence. She is also the host of the show Unbroken, where she interviews survivors, truth warriors, healers, and teachers alike. There is, of course, so much more to this incredible woman. She is the one and only beautiful inside and out Max Lowen. Max, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's it's truly an honor to be here. Oh, thanks, Max. It's an honor to share the screen with you as well, too. So I am just so so humbled to be here with you today and I guess as you would know being the host of a show as well and everything that you've done to start off with who is Max Lowen? Well the short short answer is a continually evolving spiritual being in a human body I mean that's what I would say um I feel like in in my lifetime up to now I've I've had several lifetimes within it um but yeah as you uh, alluded to um I I grew up in a political family and so I lived in uh, five different countries in my childhood and uh, and grew up trilingual and so kind of that side of my life you might say was was privileged and you know the private school thing and um, you know, skiing in the Andes and the Alps and having chauffeurs to take me to school and that kind of thing. Um, but on the other side, as you know, sometimes happens in, in these circles, really in all circles, um, my Italian side of the family was involved in the cult. And so really from birth onwards, I was targeted. I was put through rituals, um, my Italian uncle uh, ran a facility, was part of running a facility under the ground in Rome, um, where, you know, I was put through different forms of torture, um, things like electric shock and having to watch animals and people be tortured and killed, um, you know, the usual beatings, um, being locked in freezers. Uh, being buried alive with dead bodies, being put in cages, and then also um, taken to the sublevels of the Vatican. You can only get there through underground tunnels um, where I witnessed um, the, the elites gathering, you know, the Black Pope, some bishops, some actors and actresses, you know, VIP people of you know, government uh, corporations would gather and um, they had this marble altar and would bring in babies and small children and, you know, brutalize them and then sacrifice them, literally cut them open and uh, drink the blood that came out and it was collected on the sides of the altar. And, uh, you know, it was a ritual to Lucifer. Um, the Vatican uh, worships Lucifer. So, uh, unfortunately, you know, 
witnessed that several times and then was also trafficked out of the Vatican and mostly to my memory in Italy, although a few times in the United States and possibly a few other countries in Europe. It's such, I mean, I think for people who have not heard any of this before, it would just be, I mean, obviously you've done years and years of healing and doing your own work to um, be able to sit here and talk about it how you do. But those experiences, they would just, they would have transformed your life and the way you see the world. And um, for the person that I know that you are, that is just such a strong warrior woman of light that stands in her power and her knowing and truth, like that would have been such a journey for you and to, to have had to go through that from such a young age. How have you found that journey and, and what have you learned the most? You know, you, after healing, you, you get to keep the gifts, you know, and if you survive that kind of thing, if it doesn't destroy you or kill you, it, it does build you into a much stronger uh, person. So I get to keep the strength. Um, I, I like to look at things and reframe things. So I would say like one advantage of that childhood is I was never, I never trusted authority. I never trusted the government. Everything that happened, I looked at with that skeptical eye. So I wasn't fooled, you know, like so many people have been. I did not assume that the world was a good place. So actually in my journey, I learned that many, many people are very, very good. And that really soothed my heart. I didn't know that at that point. Um, you know, when I was, uh, when I came to the States, I studied psychology, uh, undergraduate and a couple of graduate uh, degrees. And I ended up working in trauma. So I worked in jails, um, I did, uh, trauma groups for women in a women's prison, uh, worked at a rape crisis center um, with children who had been sexually abused. I did uh, I actually did men's groups for batterers um, for a while and other such things. And so there was nobody that I couldn't understand, relate to, or help because of what I had been through, right? And there was something in me because of all the things I was forced to watch that I was helpless in the face of being able to help other people recover from whatever it was they were, they had been through that was traumatic, was so fulfilling to my soul and so healing. So I just feel like if I went through that kind of stuff, I might as well jujitsu it into something that I can do good with. And then, you know, I had my daughter and that was a huge part of my getting to know what love really was and seeing what a normal childhood should be like. It really did give me so much. And in the last few years, I, I, I sort of found my voice. I, I was in a sort of angry moment with, um, with God or the divine, whatever we call that energy. And I was like, but but people need to know the truth. And then I heard, well, well then tell them. And I thought me, you know, I, that that's, I'm a little bit shy. I, I, the idea of being, if you had told me 10 years ago, I would be sitting here talking to her would have laughed in your face, you know, but I thought, okay, cause I've always listened to that voice, you know? And so I started, I, 
told my story. Then, like you said, I started in interviewing people. And that is extremely satisfying for me because I think there's two significant things. We have to know the truth. We have to know the reality of what's being, being done to children, but also to everyone on the planet, because to some degree, maybe my trauma is on this end of the continuum, but there's this planet, if you incarnate here, there's trauma, right? So you need to know the global cult, what they're doing, how they're mind controlling us, the things they've created like violence and poverty and all this stuff. You have to understand the truth. And then, you know, we have to know how to heal ourselves and recover and restore ourselves so we can step into our actually true power and potential, which is greater than their power. Um, we are much more than them. So with Unbroken, I felt like, okay, I'm going to do these two things. I'm going to put out the truth and I'm going to put out tools. And, you know, that's why I interview other healers and I'm a healer myself about how how can we journey into back to ourselves? Um, because I think those that formula is a winning formula for changing the situation we're in right now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. So with with what it is that you do, how are you helping people? Because I know you've done uh, psychology and you've also, I mean, there's so much that you have done and then all these gifts you're able to share and sort of, I guess you would probably know from from the outset, as soon as you see someone, I, I, you can pick up on their frequency and where they're at. And I think that's probably a gift that you've you've gleaned as well. Yes. Um, you know, there's many ways to help people. Sometimes we don't even think about it, but if I'm out at the grocery store, I will make eye contact with the, the clerk at the store, the cashier, and have a little conversation. Or, you know, if there's someone that's homeless, I will buy them uh, uh, some food or, you know, whatever it is, just small things like that, I think make just recognizing people, connecting with them with your heart, the world that's been created for us, we're so separate and isolated, right? So I think you can start even at that basic level of just every person I see, you know, we're, we're these beautiful beings. And, and I can see that in people, you know, not all people, of course, you, I can see the ones that are demonic as well. And it's like, stay away. But, you know, we can, we can just be connected with each other, with animals, with nature. Um, I do help people in, in counseling or coaching or whatever you want to call it. So there's people that I work with directly. Mm -hmm. Um, I think through my interviews, my, I've been told, so, and, and so my hope is that I wake people up. I help people understand things. They, we learn through stories. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when, when people tell their stories or I tell my story, people connect and then they can, they can see where maybe they can take some steps towards putting their own selves back together. Um, I am uh, planning on creating a class that can help specifically SRA survivors with some different understanding of what we go through and tools. Um, I would like to, I'm in the process of creating a training for trauma that people like teachers and you know, anyone in healthcare or, you know, real healthcare 
And uh, <laughs> in my education, you know, they don't teach you very much about trauma and no one knows anything about SRA, but yet people are coming out of the woodwork. And so I think there's things that people need to understand and learn. And the little bit of trauma that I see, you know, trainings that I see out there, a lot of them do not, or most of them do not include the social, political, like the background, the history, this doesn't occur in a vacuum, right? So, um, so yeah, in all these ways, I'm just, and, and I think for all of us, when we're, when we've done our work, when we've, you know, when we're whole or, you know, continuously really working on that, but we're like a light bulb that turns on and that light that you are, that I am just existing, it makes a difference. You know, our frequency makes a difference to those around us. So I try to live my best life every day. I try to, you know, I get into bad moods or whatnot, but I try and really maintain, <laughs> you know, a high frequency and just, yeah. So I think it's a broad thing. Um, I hope that answers your question. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And I think when that training is available, please, yeah, let me know. I think there's that I'll spread the word as much as I can, because I think that is so important. And you talked about stories as well. And I think you're so right. People sharing their stories um, so people can connect. What is a story that you would love to share right now? Uh, about my life or? Yeah, yeah. Like, as uh, I guess, yeah, I'll just put you on the spot. What is a story? <laughs> but then, I mean, you've got so many. Big, but when you said that, I was just like, yeah, it's so true because people then put themselves in in um, your story and see how that they would be or what they would do, um, you know, and for someone like yourself, who's been through so much and come out the other side, just this awesome human whose light is shining brighter than ever uh, and connecting with people who are doing the same, like what, what are some stories maybe that I guess have shifted your perception of the world even uh, and got you uh, yeah, that has affected you in, in a positive way or, um, yeah, whatever it might be? You know, I would say oh, it's not, I mean, I'm I'm where I am today, but it wasn't always easy, yeah. you know. I struggled so much. I could never sleep. So I ended up having to, you know, take things to help me sleep because I my nervous system was so out of whack from all the trauma that I could never relax enough to mm -hmm. sleep. And I didn't, I both wanted to be with people and, you know, kind of have that. And I was terrified of it at the same time. So there was this back and forth. And because of all the things that had, you know, all the psychological torture and the programming I felt pretty worthless. I felt, you know, I was afraid that if people, I was told originally by my mother that when people would get to know me, they would hate me, you know? So you believe these things when you're a child. So I had a lot of things to overcome and this inner constant gnawing. I liken it to that old Pac-Man game where the little mouths are always, you know, it was like inside of me, these little mouths were always eating at me. You know, it was just the sense of torment mm. that I lived with, but yet I had, I was so strong that I was kind of able to 
you couldn't tell from the outside. I seemed, you know, pretty normal when I was in university and later working. So it was a light, it was, it was a, a process, right? And I would overcome things little by little. And, um, you know, for example, just in the last couple of years, I used to, whenever I would travel and I would stay in a hotel or an Airbnb or something, I wouldn't sleep for the first night. I would panic all night because it would bring up the memories of being trafficked. And strangely enough, that one of the worst things about that was that I didn't know where I was. I was in a strange place. I didn't know what these people were going to do to me. I mean, I did, but it was that feeling of never knowing um, when I was going to go home or, and so that panic was with me every time I traveled and just about two years ago. So recently I, I had traveled somewhere and boom, it didn't happen. And I recently traveled to Mexico. I was telling you earlier to speak at a conference and I stayed in various places and it, it, I just slept like normal. I mean, it's, it's a miracle to me, you know, so I get really excited when I overcome things like that. Um, and, you know, with my daughter, when I had her, of course, I was, I was terrified that somebody would take her, that somebody would kill her, that something would happen to her. And so I lived with that anxiety too, but I worked on that and, you know, there came a point a few years ago that she traveled to Europe with a bunch of her girlfriends, you know, and she was, I'm in the United States. So she was <laughs> across the ocean and I handled it, you know, it didn't, so I can see the progress in all the things that I, you know, have gone through. So that's a story that I'll tell that it's not, you know, to put yourself back together, to heal yourself, it's not easy. You know, but but I had to honor that, you know, with what I've been through, I mean, of course, I was going to be that way. Of course, those things were going to be hard for me. Right. And so I learned little by little by little and, and overcame. And so instead of thinking of of the things that, you know, perturbed me or tormented me, I like to focus on the overcoming that I've done, you know. And I, and I always want to reframe things, right? So when things happen, there's, a, there's an element, I think, of trusting our higher self, trusting that guidance and that voice and trying to look and go, you know, because I've many times I've said, I want to uh, overcome all the negative subconscious programming, programming in me, you know, and you have this idea, like suddenly, you know, you'll be free of it. No, oh, yeah. <laughs> the way that it heals is, is it starts to like, you have to go through the things to pull them out. Yeah. So they activate. So the memories come up, you know, and that sucks. It doesn't feel good at all. Mm. Right. So, you know, if, but yet the reward is freedom, inner freedom. And if you have inner freedom, you have outer freedom, you know, and it's just, it's because really the way that we live, none of us are in a cage. The cage is in here. It's in our mind, right? I mean, we've been raised in a culture, right? So that's put us in. So, but we can get out of that. We can get out of anything. And so that's the story I would like to tell that any one of us can overcome everything 
that we've been through. Um, and there's something the I think it's worth slogging through it to get to a point where we can be free and actually feel the joy like this planet is so beautiful. You know, I've seen a lot of it and I still I'm going to come to Australia, like I told you, and see more of it. But my God, you know, when the sun is out and you hear the birds and, you know, you can be in the ocean, like there's so much beauty and goodness. And I couldn't feel that for a long time. You know, I remember once looking out my window at home and going, it's so pretty out there. There's trees, there's mountains. But why am I feeling this internal anxiety and that's when I decided you know I'm not free like I can't really enjoy because of all this torment and so although it's been a long and sometimes very arduous process of healing I'm in such a different place now and I can feel that joy and I think that's worth it oh it's so worth <laughs> It's so worth it. I couldn't agree more. We do have a beautiful planet. And yes, there are some shithouse things. Absolutely. Absolutely. But when we, I mean, to be able to enjoy it and just hear the birds sing. And I, I smiled when you talked about the grocery store before, because that's something I always say to people, you know, your frequency. Um, but I think people will relate as well to what you're saying about the Pac-Man, the voices um, in our, in our heads and that, um, that that for some of us uh, can really be a big ship to turn around. I often talk about that. No matter what your level of trauma is, the the voices and the things that are you're saying to yourself or whatever is talking to you, when we can shift that and consciously decide, like, no, I'm not going to do this anymore, then that's when we can really step fully into our power. And like you said, it won't always be easy. Stuff will come up when you do that because you need to shift through it. You need to shed the layers, don't you? Yeah. It's kind of like people talk a lot nowadays about ascension, right? Mm. And and they think, first of all, it's not a location, it's an inner thing, right? Mm. But how do you get to a higher level of consciousness within yourself? It's actually by peeling off all the things that are blocking you, all the traumas, all the distorted subconscious beliefs, that's the process. So if you want to ascend, you better get ready to do some internal work, you know, shadow work, whatever you want to call it. That's the that's the path. That's what it looks like. That's what we have to do. Um, but it's it's well worth it. And you know, you you talked about thoughts, and I that's something I noticed in my own journey. That see, the brain is wired in a certain way, and we have a survival part back here. And it exists in case there's some actual danger in front of us. You know, if there's a tiger in front of me, thinking what I'm going to do is takes too many seconds. It's too costly. So the prefrontal cortex shuts down. You can't think, you can't reason, and you just react, fight or flight. You know, you run, you fight. There's, there's some survival mechanism that's activated. The problem is the brain doesn't know the difference between something real out here a scream, which is why when you watch a movie, if something scary, you'll scream, right? Mm -hmm. Or your own thoughts. So at some point, I recognized that I was keeping myself in a state by my own thoughts. The thoughts in our head will trigger a cascade of, you know, hormones and neurotransmitters and activate parts of the brain. So we really actually have to be careful 
about our own thoughts. And I tell people, don't believe everything you think because our thinking gets messed up. And of course, you know, and I know that I won't mention names because this will be on YouTube, but that complex, you know, has created all communications technology. Mm -hmm. And there are patents a mile long for mind control that they, thoughts can actually be inserted into our heads, right? So you definitely have to be very wary of your own thinking. And a clue is if your thinking is taking you down or making you stressed out or putting you in, in a negative relational state with other people, well, then go, go look at that. You know, wait a minute, is this right? You know, could there be a different thought? So I'm glad that you mentioned that because I think that to monitor, it's like you have to have a little you here watching what you're thinking at all times. It's super important and it can really transform our lives. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, th that's the work that I do is uh, help people reprogram their subconscious mind because of the very fact that when we're talking to ourselves, like we might not even realize what we're saying. Like we think it's us. We think it's us, but it's actually just all these patterns and programs that we've developed from a young age, uh, when we're in the womb, all of that sort of stuff. And if we want to shift consciousness and see humanity thrive, we ourselves must do that. So how do we do that? We begin within and we do the work on ourselves. And like you said, I love what you said, like this little you that watches your thoughts, is that even mine? What's going on here? Like, and really notice it. And I guess that also helps us to become more self-aware, doesn't it? And more aware of who we are. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, um, there's so many ways that our thoughts actually influence our state in the sense, like I, I love to, um, I read this book by Emoto. I have the book where he, you know, the guy who he, he put either certain kinds of music or words like love or hate on water and then he would freeze it and look at the crystals and you can see it right there mm. the the crystals with love or harmony or whatever are beautiful and the ones with negativity are deformed mm. well we're made of mostly water the planet is made of mostly water like my god if i think a negative thought about myself like even something simple like you know we we kind of say it like oh my god that i'm so stupid it's like don't say that because it's creating and then dna with studies that i've read responds it's it's like a language it's it's like a music so what you say influences your dna and our cells are listening to us at all times right so what are we doing when we negatively self-talk but even if i say something negative about somebody else it's you know we're all i think we're all one consciousness that split itself into all of us and every blade of grass and tree and, you know, to know itself. So what are, if I say something negative to you, it's gonna affect me too, right? And my body, it's gonna affect my body. So it's, it's just a way to say like, it's so significant. Even every little thing that we say, it's a frequency goes out into the universe, into the field, and it impacts everything. So, I mean, when you think about it that way, it's like, it's a little scary, but wow, what a responsibility it is to monitor our thoughts and, and our speech, right? 
Mm, absolutely and I love that you brought up water too I think it's I don't know I saw it somewhere but an old wives tale or whatever never drink water when you're angry because you're drinking that water and then you're putting it in there so when you're drinking your water think positive thoughts think how fabulous you are think how amazing things are and sort of say that to yourself because you're programming your your body and your frequency when you do that and then it's like the simplest little things but they're actually so powerful aren't they yeah 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 when I take a shower I try to remember every time to uh, I thank the water and I say thank you for cleansing me and healing me and I throw in rejuvenating me because that would be nice um, <laughs> and nurturing <laughs> me you know or if I'm about to drink water and I remember I say I love you water because now I'm infusing it right there with that energy so it is it's every tiny little thing that we do that adds up and that matters. Mm. And you speaking of healing, and I love that. I'm going to definitely add that to my shower routine. Um, but I, um, with the, with when I've listened to you speak in different interviews and um, around the place, something that you've said um, around healing is that you're someone, um, and perhaps because of what have, you've gone through, but you never get sick and you heal so quickly. Like that's, that's just phenomenal. Did you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, um, I think that it's probably something, a, an ability that I came in with. Um, you know, it's interesting because I just had that interview with Vali and she was saying that she was genetically made and implanted into a woman and that they tinkered and gave her body an ability to self-heal. That's new information to me. So I'm thinking about that, but so I don't know if that was done to me too, because I was also part of the Jesuit thing, mm -hmm. but either way, I was able to, whatever they would do, my body would heal itself within a, a short amount of time. Um, I, that ability has, I don't know how I did it as a child. It just happened. But then as an adult, after I remembered some of those memories, I noticed my body still does that. Um, you know, when I, when I was giving birth to my daughter, I I had to have a cesarean and that's a whole nother story, but cause they took babies out of me. So my body was not going to let her out. Mm. Um, and you know, that's a, it's a abdominal surgery and everything. And a week later I pulled out my own stitches and I, cause I was fine. It was wow. healed. I know that's a little crazy. Um, I did that when I was 19 or 20, I, I broke my elbow. So I had this cast like from here all the way up. Mm -hmm. And I was in Italy at the time. And in August in Italy, everyone goes on vacation. So it was supposed to come off, but they told me I had to wait another two or three weeks. So, you know, I, with someone's help, I sawed it off myself As you do. <laughs> and my arm was fine, you know, and um, a few, maybe, I don't know, eight or 10 years ago, I had this, they call it a lipoma. I, I noticed something protruding behind the shoulder and it turned out to be a, a tumor about this big. It was benign, but they had to do a pretty complicated surgery under my shoulder blade to remove it. And the surgeon said, you know, gave me pain pills and sent me home and said like, in a few days, try and walk a little and then, you know, blah, blah. I threw away the pain pills and the next morning I went on an hour hike in the woods. And when I went for the first follow-up, 
she, I could see her face. She was in complete shock. And she was like, but, you know, she was like, but I, I don't understand how, but it's completely healed mm -hmm. and you don't need to come back for the next two appointments. So also I never get sick. I don't get colds. I don't get flus. I mean, so something is going on there, right? Mm -hmm. Something is definitely going on. And it has, I, I did a reading with someone once and actually uh, you interviewed her, Georgina. Oh. And um, she, when she did my numerology, she said, I had never had anyone tell it to me like this. She said, in that reading, she said, you came in with this physical healing ability because you needed it to survive. And I was shocked that she had read that in my chart, right? But there it was. So I do want to say, I think that we all inherently have this. Mm -hmm. If you look at nature, there's no vaccines or oops, sorry, I said <laughs> that word. There's no pills. There's no, you know, it. If, if a forest is destroyed and then you go back six months or a year later, it's it's regrown. You know, animals get injured and they rest and they they recover. And like, we all are self-healing, right? So I just think we've been conditioned to believe that, you know, and then all of the models that were taught about boogeyman things coming in and making us sick and all that is, is a crock anyway, it's not true. Mm. So I think we all have that ability, but it's just not really online because again, what you believe is extremely powerful. So if you believe that you need some external figure to cure you and to give you this thing that makes your whatever go away, then that's the way it's going to be. I mean, why does the plus, what, what about the placebo effect? They give people a, a, a thing and then they give them a placebo and that group equally gets better because they believe it, mm -hmm. right? So the mind is m way more powerful and the body together. So I do think we all have that, but yes, I've definitely been blessed with some kind of self-healing ability, but also just physical vigor. You know, I mean, I, I do kickboxing still. Um, I, I'm very active. So there's definitely something and it's helped me, you know, I, I probably wouldn't be here without that. Mm, yeah, that's so fascinating and amazing that uh, Georgina picked that up as well in the, in your chart as well. It's just, and I'm with you. I totally believe we can all heal ourselves and nature is our biggest teacher. I mean, like you said, you go out to nature, it goes through a bit of shit, but then it grows back and it flourishes and you're right. Again, if we hand over our power to someone else for our own healing or our own whatever it might be, then that's how it has to be. But if we know, no, actually I can do this, that's that's the shit that really is important. That's what that's why we are so powerful. And it's so simple, yeah. yet it's so hard at the same time because of all the conditioning, isn't it? Yeah. And you know, when I help people, you know, in terms of counseling. I'm not doing anything. I'm a guide. I'm a support. I'm helping them activate the healing in themselves. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so this idea that somebody can cure you is, is ridiculous. I actually, <laughs> when I was in therapy a long time ago, I, I did this 10 year therapy process. I once asked my therapist, I said, well, when will I be cured? 
And she said, honey, only hams can be cured. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So, you know, um, yeah, so the, it's, it's, a, it's a big, it's all, of course, we know completely everything in reality is inverted. Literally everything we've been taught in history, in, you know, through the miseducational system, the medical system, the media, it's all, I mean, there's some truth, but it's just, it's all distorted and inverted really to keep us devolved and in low consciousness and controllable and manipulable manipulatable <laughs> but again the, a lot of effort has been made to sicken us with bad air and water and food and you know frequencies and cell towers and you know all this repetition of lies and i mean my god it's kind of astonishing when you look at it we must be really really powerful yeah yeah oh. Absolutely. As you were saying that, I just, I just felt that so deeply. Like, and I, and I always say it too, how powerful must we be with all this shit that's going on to still be, you know, doing what we're doing. Like imagine when all of us or enough of us let go of those shackles, undo the onion and the layers of limiting beliefs and all that sort of stuff. I mean, it's game over, isn't it? It is. Mm. I mean, these people have succeeded with secrecy and deception. And the secrecy factor is fast evaporating because of people like yourself and me and I'm so many others. I mean, yeah, the truth is coming out more and more. And so that's that's it. When 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 they're exposed, and the big secret is by universal law, to do all the nefarious things they've done, they have to have our consent. But not saying no is implied consent, okay? And participating in their system is consent. So the, the minute, that's the other big secret, the minute we say no and we stop complying and consenting and participating in their crap, that's it. Mm. That's that's game over too. Mm. Yeah, well, that's, and because people will sometimes say, well, what can I do? I'm like, energetically, even just saying no is massive because yes. we're, energetic beings so um, and you're right as well like we're participating by um, not saying anything and just going along with it um, and you know it's such a, a nuanced thing isn't it because th that things are put out there and you know something might be told in a movie and people will think well that's just a fiction story when really in essence it's absolute truth I mean there's so many movies where we're being shown what's going on um yeah. and then you know with you know people will think well that's not true but I mean really it's right there the whole thing is a show and we're watching a show and all that yes. sort of stuff yes. yeah no movies are disclosure for them mm. they, they put it all out there but you know knowing that the way it's set up we will think it's fantasy mm. oh no it's it's full it's full disclosure um and you know again it's hard to change. It's hard to grow and to make something different. It's easy to sit there and be a victim and complain about it, but that doesn't do any good. That doesn't change anything. So just as an example, you know, I'm sure you're aware, I'm horrified to see that in the present moment, what I always knew as a child, because I, I, I would hear these people and their plans, they always had a goal to normalize pedophilia, okay? Mm -hmm. 
And I see it happening today. The, the UN, the UNICEF, um, UNESCO, sorry, guidance that was put out for schools, I don't know what it's like in Australia, but here in the US, they're saying that they, they have to teach children by age six about masturbation, about anal and oral sex. Um, by like nine, they should have access to online pornography. By a certain, by nine to 12, they should have engaged in sexual relationships. Like it's disgusting, right? It's so there's something that's happening in many public schools in the US today the books in the school, the books in the library, the curriculum. And many parents, bless their heart, are going to these school board meetings, you know, and like this, this one mother and she's showing the pages of the book and reading it, and it comes up on a screen in this meeting, they made her stop talking because it was inappropriate for her to read what the kids are reading in that book. Like they were like, you can't say that. She's like, it's in the book for kids, mm. but you're telling me I can't say it as an adult in a meeting. So this is happening, right? So here's where it's uncomfortable. It's easy. You send your kids to school. It's kind of like babysitting. You know, people have to work. They have their lives. And it, it's like, as a parent, you're like, oh, I know this stuff is happening, but what can I do? Well, it's a little bit hard, but what you can do is refuse to send your child to these public schools that are doing this because this is itself sexual abuse. Mm. It's not that different what they're doing to the child's mind and grooming them to accept pedophilia as it would be if you're sending your child to school and they're getting raped in the classroom. Like, would you allow that? Yeah. Well, this is just a shade different, but still in the same thing. So the hard choice is pull your child out of these schools. Do not send them this material that they're being taught. And then not to mention, I can be a boy and five minutes later, a girl and five minutes later, neither. And five minutes after that, both. It's just, it's not good for the child's brain and it's damaging them irrevocably. Don't send your child to school knowing that's happening. And that, that's hard because now you have to figure something else out. Research has shown that homeschooled children are way more intelligent and ahead of school children, children that go to schools. You know, you can homeschool. I know that's an extra effort, but you can also get together with other parents and hire some, maybe some teachers don't want to teach that filth. Mm. And so pay it, collect your money, pay a teacher, have little school co-ops, like rotate whose house the kids go to. Um, there's a million creative ideas that we can do. There's actually some lots of alternative options now out there to look into. That would be something that people can do, but it's hard because mm. you have to do some extra steps. But if you pull your children out of that school, those schools, and you don't allow them to be sexually abused with this insane material, then you're not only protecting your kids, but here in the U.S., public schools go on funding, and funding is based on every student that's enrolled. Mm. It's withdrawing your participation from that satanic system and saying, no, I do not consent to my child being told this. Well, that's how you might actually change the school system. If nobody's going there, you know, create better school systems or pressure them to withdraw that from the system. So does that make sense? Like, it's yeah. not easy, but we have to do, I firmly believe we have to live 
morally. Mm. We have to do the right thing. These people that run the world are do the wrong thing. We have to live with morality and integrity. That itself, the fact that we don't is what's contributing to them succeeding, right? Yeah, totally, totally. And I'm so glad you brought that up. It's, I think if you are a parent and you're sending your child to school and this is happening, like it's a no-brainer. Like you've you've had a child to to for a reason because and you would love them, like it would you know turn it into one of those come hello high water moments and just like I'm not putting up with this shit I'm not consenting to this, I mean it is abuse exactly what you said and it isn't easy like you said it will be harder because you have to work out something different to do, but what is better what is morally right and your children. Uh, like you know they are the future and they they need to be looked after like nothing else nothing else and like you know if we don't want to be uh, 50 years down the track going oh if only we'd done that the whole world wouldn't be in you know like I see the world stepping into the most beautiful thing uh, but we do have to make these changes don't we yeah we do yeah. you know and they're they're trying to collapse the global food supply chains and, you know, with all the killing of the cattle and the, you know, farming creates, uh, you know, global warming and all this stuff, which is, again, complete backwards lie. Um, what in, in some sense, there's something happening there, right? Like I look at it like, okay. Well, eating corporate food is terrible for us. Eating processed food or fast food or non-food that's labeled as this is what's keeping us sick and then making us have to go get help and whatever. So maybe we don't participate in that system anymore. Mm -hmm. It's pretty, I'm no expert, but I know people who are, and you can grow plenty of food in a very, in a balcony, mm -hmm. you know, in a few pots, in a, in a plot in your garden, you can get together where I live. They actually have a community garden where people go you know, there's a farmer's market, there's, uh, there's ranches that you, I have begun to buy directly from the farms and directly from the ranches, because I'm very protective of what I put in my body, because I know everything's poisoned. So in a sense, you know, you, we can exit that system too, can't we? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. So what if we start to exit all their systems, we can definitely exit, exit, the medical system, I hope I can say that word, um, <laughs> and go back to what was what used to work, you know, before Rockefeller created this deliberately. Mm. Did you ever read, I think it's called The Secret Covenant. I hope I'm right in the title, but that was written by, by him about how this medical system was going to slowly poison us and weaken us and kill us. And that this would be not only that they would profit from it, but it would do what they want. Like, and again, people who go in and become doctors, and I mean, these are good people. They want to do the right thing. They just don't know that this has been set up in a way that, you know, to harm. But what if we start to exit that system? What if we start to learn from people? I met a wonderful woman in, uh, in, in the conference I went to in Mexico, in Acapulco, Marjorie Wildcraft. And she grows herbs, and you you can you can make medicine from food, right? You can make all kinds of things for your health 
Um, there's all, there's a lot of information out there, you know, and plus if you eat right and you exercise, you, you won't need a lot of extra healthcare anyway, but what if we exit that system and start to use these home remedies? They call them old wives tales, but actually they were real. They were real healing modalities, you know, like, um, I had a, a, a woman I knew from Mexico who said, um, when she got the flu, she would take a red onion, chop it up, take some garlic cloves, um, and uh, or pe the peel of an orange, put water in a pot, boil that, and drink that as a tea for the flu. Mm. Yeah. You know, yeah. that is much preferable to taking some medicine that you don't even know what side effects it has, right? So I do think everything we can exit the system. That's what I'm saying. We don't have to participate in the harmful components around us. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. And again, it's coming back to nature, isn't it? Because nature, yeah, it, you know, I, I don't think we would have been put here without being able to heal ourselves and have those things that we're able to use, you know, and um, you know, you're talking about the Rockefeller thing too. I, I don't think I've read the whole thing, but I've seen ex excerpts, excerpts, the, you know, the word, um, of, of what was written. And really, again, it comes back to how powerful we are and how our relationship with nature as well. Like when we're in tune with ourselves and in tune with nature, we know what to do. And we can't all be experts in everything, of course. So, you know, we develop relationships with people at our community garden or the farmer's market. So what would I do if this is happening? You know, another one I, I know of is to put the um, onion in your, in your feet and, and your socks overnight. I mean, I don't think it smells very great, <laughs> but that can also pull out the toxins um, uh, yeah. through your body too, if you're having a bit of a flu or something like that. So there's just so much that we can do. And I love that you said that. Um, yeah. So from here, I mean, I, I mean, I could actually talk to you all day, Max, <laughs> but you might need a wee and do those things. I always say that. Um, what is something that is on your heart right now that, that you would love to share in this conversation? What's something that's um, bubbling or brewing away that you would really love to talk about? Um, yeah. If there's anything else there. Yeah. You know, I I think it's it's love. Um, if you've ever seen uh, David Hawkins' Map of Consciousness, he lays it out very nicely. Yeah. And the he has you know shame and guilt and fear and anger. There's survival emotions. They're a bandwidth, right? Mm -hmm. And then there's courage. And then you go higher and higher and higher. And at the top, you get to joy, peace, and love. And they, the cult wants to keep us in that low frequency bandwidth because that's their frequency and they're parasites. So mm -hmm. see, here's the trick. They need us. We don't need them. They're parasites. And even on a etheric level, if they keep our emotions there, they feed off it, right? It's called louche, mm -hmm. but they, they, they feed off us literally. Unfortunately, I've seen it, you know, our, in, in flesh, um, they 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 steal our income part of our income they they basically they don't have an energy source to the to their higher self or the creator they have chosen to sever that to worship the dark so they need us like like uh, morpheus told neo in the matrix like we're batteries yes we are mm -hmm. right so 
but we're only batteries if we're in that bandwidth of survival frequency. And they know psychology and they know the nervous system and they pump fear at us in every form to keep us in that frequency, right? So I say, love is the answer. You know, get your, it's okay if you get in that, in, in one of those emotions, but know that that's a frequency that's keeping you trapped and feeding the parasites, right? So let the emotions, I mean, I think if you feel something, you you kind of have to feel it and release it to heal it. The, what we, the, that idea that, you know, time heals all wounds is not true. You can't bottle it up. You can't dissociate it and put it away. It might help you survive for a while, but eventually this is going to drive you subconsciously if it's there. Mm. So we need to feel and let go of all those things and then get yourself back into a higher frequency. Okay. And it's really not that hard. Um, somebody showed me this thing. There's a thing called laughter yoga, believe it or not. Yeah. And they, they like, yeah. fake a laugh. You've heard of it. Yeah. So you fake a laugh and you start laughing, but then once you start laughing, it makes you actually start laughing. Yeah. Right. And laughter, it raises your frequency just like that. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, if you go out in nature and just take a walk, you go from beta to alpha right away. Mm. So you, 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 your frequency goes up. Um, if you have pets, you know, play with them, pet them. Um, you know, you can even go on the internet and the best thing is um, Google babies laughing. Yeah. And there, <laughs> there's videos of babies laughing and you cannot not laugh yeah. when a baby laughs, right? So feel your feelings if you're down, let them go. And then put yourself back into a higher frequency. And we're encouraged to live from our brain, our mind. But what if we begin to live, like I try and I put my hand on my heart mm -hmm. and then I try and remember to breathe in and out of my heart and focus my attention there. And we should live from our hearts. It's the first thing that develops in a fetus. It has a bigger field around us, electric magnetic field than the brain. The brain should work with the heart, but the heart should be the lead, right? So if we, you can put yourself in a love frequency and try and like live from your heart as much as possible. And that'll change us. And then it'll change the people around us. And then it'll change the, the world. So you don't have to wait for something in your life to be a certain way to feel joy or love. It's the opposite. If you feel the joy and love, that's you will manifest the same like attracts like. You will actually bring more of that into your field. And then it's a it's a self-fulfilling thing. So the parasites, the global cult, they will evaporate when there's enough love and light here, right? So I would say practice love. Mm. Practice love. Mm. Oh, I love that so much. You just speaking my language, Max. It's just everything you said there. I just I couldn't agree more. And you know, with the David Hawkins scale of um, consciousness, the the different frequencies, the 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 point where we sort of cross over from the lower frequencies to the higher frequencies is that level of courage. So that's where we we do need to take those steps. And um, and when we do that, I mean, the world's our oyster, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Somebody I know told me that fear is false evidence appearing real. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that too. Max, where I just, well, A, just thank you so, so bloody much for coming on the show today. It has been such an honor to chat with you. How can people find you and where can they tap into your amazing show as well? So my website is unbroken.global. Mm-hmm. And uh, if people want, there's some membership options if people want to support me and my work, because I put um, I put interviews out for free. Um, if you become a member, I do a monthly Zoom with people um, and, and the community is growing. I love doing those Zooms. We support each other. We come up with ideas. You know, it's forming a collective that's aware and conscious and wants to change the world. Um, so you can come to my website. There's also, I did a summit in December um, and that's available uh, to buy if you want. It's after the fact, but people like Rachel Vaughn and Doug McIntyre and Kathy O'Brien, Annika Lucas, Jeanette Archer, and, and all kinds of wonderful consciousness warriors like Penny Kelly and Dale Holmes spoke about AI. There's brilliant people that came together and and did some nice presentations so people kind of want to take a look at that that's also on the website and if you want to email me uh my email is max at unbroken.global and i i always answer everyone um you know it's i i i like connecting with people sometimes there's a lot of emails that might take me a minute to get back to people but i always do um and my show is also on uh, BitChute, Rumble, and Brighteon, and I have a uh, presence on Instagram, and I'm going to um, actually be starting a Substack. I have a lot of art. I like to write, so I have articles on my website, but I'm going to start a Substack so they're like easier to find as well. So yeah, so that's where you can find me. Oh, that is awesome. And I will link everything that you've just mentioned in the description and show notes. So people can link through and just click through to anything that you've just shared. So um, thank you again, Max. I also want to thank you at home who has tuned in today to this incredible episode. I hope you have got so much out of it and have loved it as much as I have. And I hope Max has as well too. Um, So As always, uh, subscribe, leave a review if you're listening on uh, to wherever you listen to podcasts, give it a like, all those sort of things, leave a comment, always love hearing from you. Uh, But again, Max, just thank you so much for being on the show and for being here today. Thank you for having me. It was was fun and uh, an honor. Thanks, Max. (laughs) 